Scripture. And I want to read uh, the first uh, three verses for your hearing tonight. Uh, I'm going to be dealing with this first chapter uh, of the book of Second Peter uh, for the next couple of weeks. And so I'm going to break it up and I'm not going to try to do everything tonight. Um, but I'm going to, by the spirit of the Lord, uh, work on these first three verses that I believe will be a blessing to uh, the people. We want you, if you will, please go ahead, share this word. So much negativity is going on uh, throughout social media, and we are the people of God. We want to share the word of God. We believe that somebody's life will be changed as they have an opportunity to hear the word of the living God. Let us pray. Father, I honor you and praise you for this moment in time. I thank you for your goodness and your mercy, and I bless you for your steadfast love that rests among your people. We ask that you would give us listening ears tonight that we may hear in this hour what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church, and that as we hear the report of Scripture, we can apply it to our lives. We thank you that as we apply it, Father, that we can be able to to uh, 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 see the abundance of your blessings flowing uh, from our obedience. And so we thank you and praise you for what you will do. We give your name praise, we give your name honor, and we give your name glory. In the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. All of God's people said, amen. The second epistle of Peter, beginning at verse 1, it says, Simon Peter, a servant, and an apostle of the Lord of, excuse me, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that have called us to glory and virtue. We thank God for the reading of his word. I want to, in particular, focus on verse 3. It says, according as his divine power hath given given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. We thank God for the reading of his word. I want to night by the spirit of the Lord to teach uh, with this thought in mind, you have what it takes. You have what it takes. I want tonight to look here at the uh, second epistle of Peter looking in chapter one and there's several things that I want to say to the people of God. Uh, the first being that God wants his people to live according to his power as we go throughout the earth. You hear me always saying that the work of God is to be done by the spirit of God and God does not want his people to go around acting pitiful. He wants us to go around operating in his divine 
power. Now, I want to start off by looking at this uh, uh, first chapter of the second epistle of Peter. We understand that there is another uh, epistle of Peter that immediately precedes this second epistle. It is the uh, first epistle of Peter who uh, is writing to uh, saints who are going through persecution. That is the first epistle. He, he's writing to saints who are writing to saints who are going through a difficult moment. But as you move into uh, the second epistle of Peter, you have now uh, him writing to the same group of people, but he is now. Uh, uh, writing to them concerning the false teachings that have entered into the land. And so when you look at the second epistle of Peter, uh, one of the purposes of uh, Peter writing this book or writing this epistle is to speak to the saints of God about false teachers that are entering into the region. Uh, he wants them to make sure that they are properly guarded, that they are properly armored up so that they can be successful in overcoming the snares that are being thrown by false teachers. Uh, Paul, uh, Peter, as we look at him tonight, Peter, a servant, he calls himself Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. It is not to be looked over. This first verse in the A clause, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. It is, it is, first of all, here, if you will notice in the Greek, that Simon Peter introduces himself first as a bond servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, a bond slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is one who is fully committed to the will of his master. And it is Peter introducing himself to us, first of all, as a servant of of the Lord Jesus Christ. The order of these titles are not to be missed. Peter considers himself first a servant of the Lord. He is a servant of the Lord and then he is an apostle. It says to me and reminds each of us that when we are doing the work of the Lord, we are not called to be celebrities. We are chosen to be servants. So come on here. Jesus says, let the greatest among you be your servant. And so Peter uh, introduces himself in that vein as a servant of the Lord. Lord Jesus Christ. He writes this letter because he wants to encourage the saints. He wants to talk to them uh, about the importance of their Christian character even as they are facing uh, the emerging false teachings that are coming in that day. We see here in verse 1 that, that, that Peter addresses the saints that he is writing to and he talks to them about what he calls like precious faith. He says, I am writing to those of you who have obtained like precious faith. When we talk about the phrase like precious faith, it is referring to those who have obtained faith in Jesus Christ. He is saying to them that the salvation that you all have received is the same salvation that I 
have received. It is an important lesson for us to remember tonight as we're considering what the Lord is saying to us in this hour. Come on, we've got to know tonight that Jesus Christ is the Savior of everybody who is indeed saved. This is important here. These are the same people that Peter addressed in his first epistle. And now he says to them, I want to talk to those of you who have obtained like precious faith. Come on. It, it, it now speaks to the fact that Peter knows that the people he's preaching to have been able to be partakers of the same salvation that he has. This is a reminder to night because those of you that ask why are you saying this pastor it is a reminder that those who are genuinely that who are genuinely saved have received the same salvation how many of you understand and listening to me tonight that there is no degree in the salvation that God gives us the Lord does not partially save anybody this is important here. You're either saved or you're not saved at all. It makes no sense to walk around acting like God gave you more salvation than what he has given anybody else. See, see, the truth is that none of us are even a little bit more saved than anybody else because the God who has saved us, it was the blood of Jesus that cleansed us all. This is important here because we all have like precious faith. It is an equal faith that the saints of God in Jesus Christ are now brought on equal footing. I need you to understand that all of us know the, the, who know the Lord have been given the same salvation. Salvation that comes by faith in Christ alone. And that same salvation works for everybody. It was the same blood that cleansed all of us to become genuine believers. See, see all saints have the same access to the same Holy Spirit. And I need you to get this for by one spirit where we all baptize into one body. So, so let's get rid of this two-class salvation thinking. The idea that some people are more saved than others. See, see, real salvation does not cause you to boast in yourself. Come on here. Real salvation is a work of the grace of God. So this is it. Real salvation does not cause you to boast in yourself but in your savior this is it we are not saved because of our goodness we are saved because of the awesome grace of God for by grace are you saved Ephesians 2 8 and 9 for by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works lest any man should boast let me tell you something that those of us who are saved tonight have the same salvation. If it's genuine, it is the salvation that has been given to us by the blood 
of Jesus Christ. Our titles and positions, according to Peter tonight, do not make us more saved than anybody else. You are not saved according to your position. You are saved according to the precious blood of Jesus. See, see, this is something to get here. You got to remember that when we come to the house of God, anybody who is saved must understand that he is no better than anybody else who is saved. Come on here. The usher is just as the saved usher is just as saved as the saved apostle. Come on here. Titles do not save you. Only the blood of Jesus can do that. See, see, one uh, that is genuinely saved, come on, no matter who he is and what his title is in the church, he only has been a partaker of one equal salvation. Come on, I need you to get there. One who is genuinely saved in the pew is just as saved as one standing behind the podium. Come on, I need you to get this here because God only issues one salvation and that is salvation which comes through faith in Christ alone. Now, now, this is something here because it is that like precious faith that Peter refers to. See, see, this is something that we've got to grab because we are not saved. Come on here. We are not saved according to uh, how big of a stage we stand on. We are saved by the Savior. I, I need you to get this. Platforms can't save you. Only the power of Jesus can do that. Come on here. I, I said the Stage cannot save you. It will take the Holy Spirit to do that. And so tonight, as we come, the first thing that we've got to understand is that we are a part of the family of God. No one person is more saved than the next. This is important. Though people can be uh, varying in their sanctification, there is no degree in their salvation. What do you mean? Sanctification has to do with growth. And there's some people who yield themselves to grow. That's why you got babes in Christ. You got people at all levels of maturity in the body of Christ. I need you to grab this. There are people that are at different levels of sanctification in the body of Christ. But there is no degree in salvation. Come on here. This is why Jesus uh, continues to, to talk to us and even give in a parable throughout the New Testament. Amen. That, that, that it does not matter when you come to the field. That the person that got saved this morning is just as saved as the person who's been saved for the last 30 years. Oh yeah, the person that's been saved for the last 50 minutes is just as saved as the person who has been saved for the last 50 years. This is important here because our works do not save us. Jesus does. Come on. So, so uh, when we talk about salvation, it is the great equalizer. Come on. Those of us who are saved, who know salvation in Jesus Christ, have been made equal in him. I love this because God never partially saves 
anybody. This faith is available to all men without respect to persons because of the righteousness of God. Second Peter 1 and 1. Not, not, not a God. He is not a God who shows partiality. He, he told Peter uh, at the house of Cornelius, Peter says of a truth I perceive that God is no respect to a person but in every nation that he that, that he uh, uh, in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness he is accepted of God though there is no degree in salvation we have to remember that we are still called upon as people of God to continue to grow up in him Paul, uh, Peter, excuse me, says tonight, grace and peace be multiplied to the saints through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we grow in our knowledge of God and experience walking with Christ, come on, he says that grace and peace are gifts that become open to us. Come on, you, you got to remember this. As we grow in our knowledge of God, we begin uh, walking with God and it causes us to recognize the wonders of God's grace and the unexplainable peace that he makes available to us. I don't care uh, who you know, there is nothing that compares to knowing Jesus. Oh my God, I said I don't care who you know, there is nothing that compares to knowing Jesus. I've met a lot of great people in my life, but none of them compare to meeting the Lord. Yeah, out of all the great people I have walked with, Jesus still remains an awesome wonder in my life. So this is important here. God, the text says, according to his awesome power. Uh, here in verse 3, according to his divine power, God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who has called us to glory and virtue. This is something here because I want to say to you, first of all, that we, the people of God, have what it takes. How do you know we have what it takes? It is because the text just told me God has made available to everything, ev us everything that it takes. Come on, I need you to understand everything that you need, Jesus has already made it available to you. Everything that you need that pertains to life and godliness, the text says it has been made available through knowing Jesus Christ. So, so I want you then to look at this as we move through this text, uh, that, that, that it is according to God's divine power. That, that the source of everything that the believer has is God's power. Come on, I need you to get this. His divine power is what has saved us. And his divine power is what makes everything we need available to us. It is dunamis power. See, the source of our success is God's power. The text says something here, through God's divine power, he has made available to all believers everything that we need for this life and for living godly. 
everything that you need to live a successfully godly life, God has made that available to you through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I need you to get this, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that gives us life. And so by the power of the Holy Spirit, Peter makes a bold proclamation. In Christ Jesus, you will find everything you need for life. This is something here. You know the devil would like to make you believe you don't have what it takes. But the Bible speaks otherwise. You do have what it takes because in Christ is everything that you need for life. Come on, in Jesus Christ, you will find everything you need for this life. In the Lord, you will find everything that you need to face life. Come on, don't, don't, you, don't get it twisted tonight. Jesus is not a lightweight. He's Lord. Come on. I need you to grab this here and say, I have what it takes. I have what it takes. Some days I feel like I don't have enough, but uh, the reality is I have what it takes. Some days I feel like I'm lacking, but the reality is I have what it takes. Some days I'm down on myself because I don't believe I possess enough. Oh, but tonight I believe by the Spirit of the Lord, God has made available to me what it takes. I have what it takes. This is beautiful here because sometimes you are going through things and you don't feel like you have enough. But the Bible has said to us tonight that everything that you need to face this life, uh, Jesus has already made it available. Whatever you need to prevail in life can be found in the Lord. Come on, grab this tonight. I said whatever you need to prevail in life can be found in the Lord. Come on here, building a successful home, you have what it takes. Wisdom in raising your children, you have what it takes. Courage to face challenges of life, you have what it takes. Faith in the face of tragedy, you have what it takes. Strength in the face of your sorrow, you have what it takes. Comfort in the face of your bereavement. You have what it takes. You've got grace to handle your grief. You have what it takes. Come on here. You can go forth because God has given you what it takes. Healing when you're hurting. You have what it takes. Strength when you're overwhelmed. You have what it takes. Come on here. You never have to face life alone. See, the life of the saints is meant to be lived trusting in their Savior. Come on, lift your hand and say, I have what it takes. Come on, say, I have what it takes. Come on, say, I have what it takes. Through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, I have what it takes. The Lord is the greatest helper in your life, and you have what it takes. What, what are we talking about here? We are talking about... Uh, God making available in Jesus Christ everything that we need that pertains to this life. Come on here. Well, well that, that says to me that my Christ is an all-sufficient Savior. That Christ is sufficient for all seasons of my life. Come on. My Savior is sufficient 
in every season. Come on, we're talking about what Peter says here, the sufficiency of Christ. Not only has God given us faith, but he has given us what it takes to live. Knowing Jesus will bring joy to your whole life. Knowing the Lord can help your whole life. See, see, Jesus is still the world's answer, and he's still our awesome wonder. I need you to grab this tonight, that, that in an unfair world, in Jesus, you still have everything you need to face life. Come on here, in the unjust systems that are around us, you still have everything you need to face life. When fears abound, you've got everything you need to face life. When rejection comes, You've got everything you need in Jesus to face life. When woes come and failures come, come on here. You've got everything you need to face life in married life. You've got everything you need in single life. You've got everything you need after a divorce. You've got everything you need in heartbreak, in the loss of a spouse, in mishandling, in the mishandlings that come to you in life, in going through somebody walking out on you. Guess what? Everything you face, Jesus has given you what it takes. Come on, lift your hand and say, I have what it takes in Jesus Christ. That's why the devil don't want you to get close to the Lord because when you get close to the Lord, you become victorious in life. Come on, I said, that's why the devil doesn't want you close to the Lord because when you get close to the Lord, you become victorious in life. Come on here, in Jesus, you have what it takes to prevail. In Jesus, you have what it takes to overcome. In Jesus, you have what it takes to go out and be more than a conqueror. I need somebody that'll grab that and say, I have what it takes. In Christ, you can face anything that life throws at you. Knowing Christ can help you to face anything and move into a brighter future. I said knowing Christ can help you to face anything and to move into a brighter future. I said knowing Christ, get me tonight, can help you to face anything and to move into a brighter future. Come on, some of you are going through some things and the devil is telling you you can't. But how many of you know the devil is still a liar? He's still the father of lies and the truth of the gospel tonight is that you have what it takes. Come on, I said you have what it takes. How do you know, Pastor, that I have what it takes? Because the Bible said that Jesus has provided for you everything that pertains to your life. Come on, this life that we're living, this world that we're living in, there is nothing we face in this life that the Lord cannot help us through. Somebody give him praise right there. Oh, I'm telling you, there is a blessed assurance in knowing the Savior. Baby, there is a benefit in walking with the Lord. Come on here. And when you know him for real, you have what it takes. This is it. He says that the Savior has given me everything I need. Knowing Christ can help you to face anything. 
The Savior gives you strength when you're suffering. The Savior gives comfort to the grieving. See, see, knowing the Lord is no light matter. The Savior can still our storms. He can grant us a blessed quietness in the midst of everything. That's what the Savior can do. Come on, I need you to get this here because see, sometimes you you feel that 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 you got to work out part of it. Come on here, and you and you don't need God for this and you don't need God for that but let me tell you something God has strengthened you for your whole life I don't know what you're going through but I'm telling you this God has made available to you everything that you need to be successful in every area of your life you do not have to wallow in defeat you can walk in victory because God has through Jesus given you what it takes somebody give him praise right there come on I'm gonna rise up from here and be victorious I'm going to rise up from here and start winning. Come on here. I've had some losses, but I'm far from a loser. I have what it takes. Somebody give God a shout of praise right there. Come on here. What are you saying about Jesus? He has given you everything that you need to be successful in this life. There is nothing that happens in your life that you can't face with the Lord. Come on here. With the Lord... You can face anything that happens in life. Somebody can testify. You've been through gut-wrenching experiences. Oh, but you knew Jesus. And when you have God, you've got somebody to help you get through. This is something here. I love the old song that we used to sing in the church. Jesus is all the world to me. My life, my joy, my all in all. He is my strength from day to day. Without him, I would fall. Come on, when I'm sad, to him I go. No other one can cheer me so. When I am sad, he makes me glad. He's my friend. Christ is all. He's everything to me. Christ is all. He rules the land and sea. Yes, Christ is all. And without him, nothing would be. Christ is all. He's my all in all this world to me. When you have Jesus, you really have it going on. Come on, stop, stop trying to face life without the Lord. Your life was not meant to be lived without the Lord. Come on here. Your best life can only be lived in God. Oh, come on here. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that more abundantly. Come on, I need you to get this here, that in Jesus Christ, you have been given everything that you need, everything that you need to face life. You don't have to run. I know there's some things that are happening that you don't feel too good about. I know there's some days that are ahead and you don't quite know what they're going to bring. But let me tell you something here. You don't have to hide in a cave. You can keep trusting in your Christ. You don't have to crumble under the pressure. You can stand boldly on his promises because Christ has given you everything you need to face life. Come on here. I need you to grab this in the Holy Ghost. Everything that 
that I need to face life has been made available in Jesus Christ. Come on, lift your hands and say, I have what it takes. Some days, Pastor, I don't feel like it, but I'm going to declare by faith tonight, I have what it takes. Sometimes I feel like I'm overcome and overwhelmed, but by the grace of God tonight, I make a bold proclamation that I have what it takes. Sometimes I feel like I'm outnumbered. Oh, but I'm saying tonight, by the Spirit of God, I have what it takes. I believe the Bible, and I have what it takes. I stand on the Word of God, and I have what it takes. I believe in God's promises, and I have what it takes. God has not left me out here by myself. I have what it takes. Somebody put a praise right there. You have what it takes tonight. You have what it takes tonight. When you've got Jesus, I said you've got it going on. Come on here. When we uh, have Jesus, we win in life. Come on here. When we when we prevail, we will do it by yielding to God's power. A life that depends on the Lord will find great delight. See, knowing Jesus will give you everything you need to face life. Come on, say, I can do this. Come on, say, I can do this. Come on, I don't want to do it, but I can do it. I don't feel like doing it, but I can do it. Sometimes I feel like running, but I will not retreat because God has equipped me with everything I need to, 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 that pertains to this life through my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I can do this. Come on here. This is the Apostle Paul. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on in the literal Greek. I am strengthened for all things. Come on here. It doesn't matter what it is. I can take it. It doesn't. If God brings it, allows it to come to me, God can get me through it. Come on here and give him praise right there. Come on, give him glory. Come on, give him honor. I find comfort in knowing tonight that I serve a sufficient Savior. <laughs> Jesus is still enough. He's more than enough. Knowing Jesus really does make the difference. While you're seeking to build connections with people, your real success is in your covenant with the Lord. So this is it here. He says, God, through his awesome power, has provided for all of us the ability to face life through Jesus Christ. But then he says something else. Not only do you have everything you need that pertains to life, you have everything you need that pertains to you living godly. Come on here. God doesn't just uh, uh, want to help you live, but there's a certain kind of life that those that serve the Lord ought to live. Come on here. I need you to get this. Those of us who serve the Lord are called to live life on a different level. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost on that. I said those of us who serve the Lord are called to live life on a different level. Come on here. When God saves you, you don't keep living life like you were. Come on here. When the Lord delivers you, you ought to walk in that deliverance. 
Now, I'm trying to get you to understand something here because he says that God, through Jesus Christ, that according to the power of God, through the knowledge of Jesus Christ, we have been given all things that will help us to face life, that will help us to conquer in life, and watch this, and will help us to live a godly life. Come on here. God is not asking you to live for him without having made that available and given you everything you need to get it done. Come on, this is something here. He gives you everything you need that pertains to godliness. Come on, God has given me everything I need to live a godly life. Come on, this is something. God has done his part in supplying us with all we need to live a godly life. I just said something there. I said, God has already done his part in supplying me with everything I need to live a godly life. Come on, pastor. How in the world has God did that? I didn't know he did that for me. Yes, he did. You got the Holy Ghost, don't you? Come on. God has already given me everything I need to live a godly life. Come on. I've got the will of God. Come on. I've got the word of God. Come on here. I've got the will of God in the word of God. I've got divine instructions. I know how I'm supposed to live. And now God has given me the help through the Holy Ghost to live it out. Come on. Come on. Lift your hands right where you are and say, God has given me everything. I need to live a godly life. Come on. I have what it takes. See, see, everyone needs to know that to be pleasing and acceptable to God in your walk. Come on here. You can get it accomplished through Christ. Come on. He has supplied us his spirit and his word. What is godliness? Godliness is a God-honoring life. Godliness reflects devotion to Christ. See, see, this is something here. Godliness, come on, is, 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 is what we the people of God get when we take being like Christ seriously. Come on here. Come on. Are you serious about being Christ-like? See, see, godliness is a sim synonym for being Christ-like. Come on here. I said being godly is a synonym to being Christ-like. They mean the same thing. Come on, being godly it means the same thing as being devoted to God. Being godly, come on, is the same thing about leading a holy life. This is important here. Godliness shows that the inner work of the spirit that's going on in your life. See, uh, the Bible says godliness is profitable for all things. The Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. This is something here that, that, that the saints of God have got to understand that God has done what it takes for us. He has made the provision for us to be like Jesus Christ. Come on here and see a godly life. It, it comes from a person who takes being like Christ seriously. See, see, God does not just want us to be gifted. He wants us to be godly. This is something here. See, see, people don't, don't, don't just need to see our giftedness. They also need to witness our godliness. 
come on here. What, what you're saying, people, uh, Pastor, one of the greatest witnesses that we have to the world is a godly life. Come on. I said, uh, people don't just need to see uh, my giftedness. They also need to see me walking in godliness. Come on, because one of the greatest witnesses that we have to the world is a godly lifestyle. What is knowing Jesus doing for your life? Come on here. This is something here. God wants us to be godly. See, uh, this, is, this is the thing here, that, that we are not just called to operate in the, uh, in the charisma or the gifts. We are called to uh, be Christ-like. So, so that this is something here, that, that while we're using our gifts in the sanctuary, we should always, always, always be growing in the Savior. Come on, while we're using our gifts in the sanctuary, we should also be growing in the Savior. Come on, that, that, that. this is something because sometimes there are people who use their gifts in the sanctuary, but they're not committed to growing in the Savior. Come on, and God wants us to do both. As you're using your gifts in the sanctuary, you ought to also be committed to growing in the Savior. This is something, at some point it won't matter how gifted you are if you don't present a godly life to match it. You hear me? I said at some point, it won't matter how gifted you are if you don't present a godly life to match it. The most effective gifts are those that are bathed in a godly lifestyle. So, so while we're perfecting our gifts, we should also be pursuing godliness. This is something here. God has made that available. I said while we are perfecting our gifts, we should also be pursuing godliness. None of us have arrived, but we should be doing our best to honor God in the way that we live. So this is something here. God does not only forgive sin. He also grants us power to live godly. The Spirit of God does not just grace us for gifts. He enables us to live godly. The, the Holy Ghost does not just give us fire. He also gives us fruit. Oh, come on here. Uh, the Holy Spirit does not just want to lead us into his gifts. He also wants to develop you in his character. So this is important here. God has made all things available to me so that I can be successful in this life, that I can face this life without fear and doubts, that I can be a conqueror in this life. But, but the thing is this, we must become partners with God. God has made great things available to us, but we can't really access these things until we enter a partnership with him. Do you hear me tonight? God has made so much available to me, but I cannot enjoy it until I get in partnership with God. Come on, the scriptures tell us that uh, we are in partnership with God. First Corinthians chapter three talks to us about uh, being in partnership with God. 
So, so this is it. We, we must partner with God to possess the fullness of what he has provided for us in Christ. We must partner with God, come on, to possess the fullness of what he has provided for us in Christ. We must partner with God to possess the fullness of what he has provided for us in Christ. We must refuse to be passive when it comes to taking possession of what God has for us. Come on. You, you, you've seen, uh, ever had something you really wanted and it was being offered to you? Have you ever seen somebody being offered something they really wanted uh, and, 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 and it was one left or two left or whatever and they really wanted it? They went after it. They were aggressive. Come on, you think about Christmas and, 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 and Black Friday and all those kind of days when people out there are wrestling and fighting trying to get something they really want. Come on, because see, uh, there's something about really wanting a thing that builds an aggression in you. You, you stop being passive when, when you have an opportunity to possess something that you want. And I want you to know that God has made some things available to us and we must refuse to be passive when it comes to possessing them. Yes, we must aggressively pursue what has been provided for us in Christ. The grace that God has made available to many of us must now be accessed by faith. See, see, real faith has corresponding actions to match it. Come on, you say you got faith. I said real faith has corresponding actions to match it. The Bible says it this way, faith without works is dead. Come on, that, that you can't say you really have faith and you don't have corresponding actions to match it. This is something here, God has done his part, and now I must do mine. This is something, I just said something strong there. I said, God has done his part, and now I must do mine. He has made it available. Everything I need to win in life has been made available by the power of God through Jesus Christ. What do you mean? I have what it takes. I know the devil doesn't want me to believe that I have what it takes. You are not a weakling. You have been called to be a winner. You are not the devil's chump. You are God's champion. You have what it takes. You see, we must understand that we have what it takes. God is sovereign. He can do Whatever he wants to, according to his word, and that is consistent with his character. I said, God is sovereign. He can do whatever he wants to, according to his word, and being consistent with his character. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because God can do whatever he wants to, uh, as long as it's consistent with his character. God can't lie. 
Come on, because lying is not consistent with his character. But God can do anything he wants to according to his word. But God can never deny who he is. God can never deny himself. That's why even when we start acting foolish, God remains faithful because faithful is who he is. And God doesn't let our foolishness stop him from being faithful because he can't deny himself. Whoever God is, he can't stop being that. Come on. So, so everything that is consistent with the character and person of God, you got to understand he's sovereign. He can do whatever he wants to as long as it's according to his word and consistent with his character. Come on. So this is it. I, I say this to you all the time. God can do anything, but he will not do everything. Come on. Come on. Say, I must do something. Come on. Yeah. God has a part and I have a part. Come on. This is why a lot of people are not growing because even though salvation is all God, sanctification is the work of God and man. Come on. That, 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 that it, takes, it takes God to save you. Come on. That's all him. By grace are you saved through faith. Come on here, not of yourself. Come on, it is the gift of God, not of yourself, not of works, lest any man should boast. Come on. Salvation is all God, but sanctification, I'm talking about growing up in God. That's, that's you and God, right? How do you know that, Pastor? Because in order for you to be sanctified uh, in the things of God, you got to also make sure that you are showing up, right? That you got you to read the Bible, right? The Bible doesn't just open up and read itself to you, right? We open up the Bible and read it. Come on, the same it is with praying. You don't develop a prayer life, come on, by angels coming down, knocking on your door, praying with you every night. Right? No, you have to do your part and set aside some prayer time. Come on. So, so, so that in order for us to be sanctified, there's something that we've got to do, right? You, 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 you don't just get the word. You got to at least tune into the broadcast tonight. Or tune in at some time. Come on, that, that, that you don't just get the benefit of, of, of the sanctification that can come through the preached and taught word if you don't tune in. Come on, so I have a part in sanctification. If I'm going to grow in God, I can't throw that all on God. God has made everything available that I need to grow. Everything available that I need to be successful in this life, God has done that. And now, I must do my part. What do you mean? I can't live godly because I have what it takes. Come on, that, that it would be an insult to say that God saved me and can't help me to live godly. Come on, the same God that helps me, or the same God rather that saves me, helps me to live for him through the power of his Holy Spirit. So this is it here. God says, I have done my part. See, see, we must do our part. Come on. The thing is, we must, we must do our part to experience everything that God has for us. Abundant life is ours in Christ, but we can only experience it as we line up with the word of God. This is something here. So, so when, when we operate in partnership with God, then we can experience the outworking of God will in our lives. 
everything that God wants us to have, when we partner with him, then we can begin to walk it out. See, see, this is it. Always seek to know and to, uh, uh, always seek to know and to do what God requires of you. This, get this, this. I said, always seek to know and to do what God requires of you. Let me say that one more time. Always seek to know and to do what God requires of you. It'll bless your life. Always seek to know and to do what God requires of you. It will bless your life. When you do what the Lord requires, it will produce awesome rewards. Come on. Always seek to know God's instructions and then be intentional about not ignoring them. God, tell me your way. How am I to do this? Because I know you've already made the way available in Christ. Come on. I know that you've already given me everything it takes to be successful in this situation. How am I to approach this, Lord? Come on, I know that you've already got supernatural guidance to take me through this moment. God, I don't know it on my own, but I know you've already provided the wisdom for me. Come on here and see, always seek to know God's instruction and then be intentional about not ignoring them. See, we access what God has given us through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I love this here because this is what he says here in the text, and I'm closing. He says that, that according to his divine power, God has given to us all things that pertain unto life, right? God has given all things to us in Christ. Come on, what my grandmother would say, that the Savior left no stone unturned. Everything you need has been accomplished. Can, can I tell you this? Everything you need in the spirit realm, the Savior has already set it up. Come on here. You got all the grace you need. You got all the backup you need. You got all the help you need. I said everything that you need in the spirit realm, the Savior has already set it up. You have what it takes. Oh, come on here. No devil can revoke it. You have what it takes. No demon can cancel it. You have what it takes. No enemy can stop it. You have what it takes. Come on here. I need you to get this. He says we have everything, everything that we need that pertains unto life and to live godly through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. There's something here. To the knowledge of him that has called us to grace and virtue. This is something here. So, so he starts talking about this word knowledge. This word knowledge is used 16 times. 16 times in these three chapters. In this epistle, the word knowledge keeps coming up. Come on, because this is what God wants you to know. Secondly, he wants you to understand that we access what God has given to us through the knowledge of Jesus. 
See, see, the word knowledge here in the Greek does not describe a casual knowing. Instead, the word describes an intimate and thorough knowing. It is, it is to know something well and to know someone thoroughly. See, see, it is the will of God that all of us know Jesus Christ and grow in our knowledge of him. Come on. What, do you, what should I be doing? Now that I have experienced the grace of God unto salvation, I must start growing up in the Savior. God, help me to grow up in you. Come on, let, help me not just to attend church. Help me not to just tune into a, a service. Help me to grow up in the Savior. Help me to look like you, talk like you, act like you, walk like you, have your character, have your attitude. God, help me to grow up. In the Savior. Who, who really makes that uh, 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 proclamation today? I want to grow up in him. Come on, lift your hands and say, I have what it takes. Yes, you have what it takes. And so this is what he says here. It is through the knowledge of him. So, so this is what the devil hates. He says we need a thorough knowledge of who Jesus is. So that, 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 that when, when, when we come to know the Lord, we ought, to, we ought to seek after a greater knowledge of him. When you come to know him unto salvation, you ought to seek to come to learn him in a greater way. Come on, coming to know Jesus. Come on here and, and, and to know his person and to become more thoroughly uh, uh, knowledgeable of who he is. Come on here. So some people, you know, they say, I come, I gave my life to Jesus, and then they stop pursuing really coming to know him. Come on. So, so, so God didn't want you to just come and casually meet, meet him or, or casually get to know his son. He wants you to know Jesus thoroughly. Lord, have mercy. I'm saying something tough here tonight. I'm talking something strong that, that see, that, 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 that many of us uh, suffer, many saints suffer because they don't seek to thoroughly know Jesus. Come on here. What are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about what Paul was talking about when he said that I might know him. Come on here. All of the rest of that stuff doesn't mean anything. He said, my chief aim, my chief pursuit is that I might know Christ, that the Christ that saved me, the Christ that apprehended me, I want to apprehend him. Come on. And you know what? None of us in this life are perfect, but we all ought to be pressing to know the Lord Jesus in a greater way. What do you, what do you have? You have what it takes to know him. Come on here. And this is what God wants his people to do. He wants us to be like David. He wants us to pursue his heart. He wants us to come to know him. Come on here, because you know what I found out? When you come to know Christ, then you can make him known to the world. The more you know Christ, the more you can make him known to the world. Come on here. You know, I can be able to make Christ known more than I could 25 years ago. Come on here, because the more that I begin to walk with him and to know him, come on here, I came into faith, and you know what? I had people that were around me that were telling me things about God, but the more I began to know him for myself, the more I started having my own personal experiences with him. Come on here, when, when it got so that grandmother wasn't there, and this one couldn't bail me out, and that couldn't happen for me, and I had to come to know him for myself, and the more 
more that I knew the Lord for myself, the more I could make known him to the world. Come on here. I wasn't talking off of somebody else's testimony because I, w- I did not know him through, come on here, my grandmother's relationship or my mother's relationship. Come on here. I knew him for myself. That's what I'm talking about here. And see, the Bible, come on here, is saying to us that we, the people of God, need to have a thorough knowledge of who Jesus is. Come on here. We don't just need a casual knowledge of Christ. We need a thorough knowledge of who he is. When you get a thorough knowledge of who he is, it'll transform your whole life. When you get a thorough knowledge of who Christ is, you can face any challenge. When you get a thorough knowledge of who Christ is, you can conquer any giant. Who am I talking to tonight who said that's my motivation? I want a thorough knowledge of who Jesus is. Come on here because everything I need is in him. Everything I need to be successful in life is in him. And guess what? The more thorough your knowledge becomes, the more successful you become in this life. Come on here. The more thorough your knowledge becomes of the Lord. I said the more successful you live this life. Come on here because everything you need that pertains to your life is in knowing him. It's knowing him thoroughly. And the more thorough you begin to know him, the more you begin to grow, the more you begin to trust him, the more you know, wait a minute, this ain't no joke. He really is a healer. He really is a savior. He really is a battle fighter. He really will give you peace in the midst of the storm. He really will fight your battle. He really will break chains for your life. He really will deliver your mind. He really will calm your nerve. Come on, see, you can't make me doubt him. They said it like that. I know too much about him. What are you telling us tonight, Pastor? I'm telling you that God is calling his people to a thorough knowledge of Jesus Christ. Come on, you got to get to know him in a better way. I thank God for my 2020 knowledge of him. But God, help me now to come into the place I need to come into for the 2021 knowledge that I need of him. Help me every day to be growing in my knowledge of Christ. May every day I live, I most thoroughly know who Jesus is. May every year that passes, I most thoroughly know who Jesus is. Somebody give him praise right there. I want to know God in a thorough way. <laughs> this is something here. So, so he says that we come to know it in the knowledge of Christ. And this is it. And I'm closing. Secondly, he, he says that, that, that not only does this mean that you come to know Christ in a thorough way, but the second meaning of this word is to have full dis- discernment of a subject matter. Full discernment. It is to acknowledge what it fully means. To know something correctly, uh, uh, to know a subject that, that is, uh, to know a subject correctly and to know the subject very well. To be well acquainted with what is being taught. Come on here. So this is it here. He says, not only does Christ want you to know him thoroughly, he wants you to get to know his word thoroughly. Come on, I, I'm trying to tell you 
you. People are wondering why I'm not walking in victory. It's not because victory isn't available. Victory has been made available to the saints. Thanks be to God who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Come on here. I love that because the text shows me that sometimes the people of God go through things in life. We, we feel like we are sheep headed for the slaughter. But he says this nay in all these things. We are super conquerors. We are more than conquerors. We are hooping I KO. Come on, I need y'all to grab this tonight in the Holy Ghost. See, see, God wants you to know him in a, in a thorough way. But not only that, he wants you to be convinced of his word thoroughly. He wants you to know the subject matter of his word thoroughly. He wants you to know his word well. You don't need to just have a casual acquaintance with the Bible. You need to have a bold conviction of the word of God. Do, do you hear what I'm saying here? God wants us to thoroughly know his word so we can win in life. When you thoroughly know the word of God, you can tackle any warfare. When you thoroughly know the word of God, you can stand up and give the devil the worst day he's seen. When you thoroughly know the word of God, you can walk in authority. Somebody grab it right there because you have what it takes. It's in knowing Jesus and knowing his word. If you know Jesus, baby, you're going to have some joy. If you know the word of God, you're going to be able to win. Lift your hands and praise him right there and say, I have what it takes. I have what it takes. I have what it takes. I'm well acquainted with the Savior and I'm well acquainted with the scripture and every day I live, I'm becoming more acquainted with the Savior and more acquainted with the scripture. I need somebody that just look back over your life and just start praising God right there. I thank God because some of y'all 10 years ago, you never thought you know the Lord like you know him right now. Some of you 15 years ago, you never thought you'd be having your hands lifted like you lifting them right now. But won't it grow on you? The more you get to know him, the more you hang out with him, the more you fellowship with him, the more you get in his word, the more you stand on his promises, the more you worship him, the more you linger in his presence, the more you begin to thoroughly know the Lord. And baby, the more you know about the Lord, the more victory you have in your life, the more you know about the Lord, the more you begin to prevail in your walk, the more you know about the Lord, the less the devil can deceive you. The more you know about the Lord, the less you're enticed by the enemy. Oh, baby, when you know the Lord and begin to grow in your knowledge of him, it changes your life forever. My God, this is powerful tonight. I need somebody to grab it in the Holy Ghost. Come on and give him glory. Come on and give him honor. Come on and give him adoration right there. One of Satan's worst nightmares is us coming into a full understanding of what belongs to us in Christ. Satan is hoping that we never know our identity in Christ or our inheritance in him. Come on here. See, this is something here. It is, it is the prayer of the Apostle Paul to the church at Ephesus in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 and 20. Paul writes these words, I pray also 
that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of, the, of his glorious inheritance in the saints, his incomparably uh, great power uh, for us who believe that, 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 that the power, the, that power is like the working of mighty strength which, which is exerted in Christ when he raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at the right hand of God in heaven realms. You, you see, the prayer of the Apostle Paul was not that we receive divine power, but that we would know the divine power that we've already received. Come on, because you already have what it takes. Come on. Jesus has given power to his people. Come on here. And you know what? The enemy will uh, uh, try to keep you uh, in a dark place because he does not want you to live in a way that God can delight. So he'll try to keep you in ignorance. The enemy is hoping that you don't know how glorious your inheritance is in Christ. Come on here. We have been given many spiritual blessings. Come on here. I love that Ephesians 1, 3, and 6. Blessed be God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in his beloved Come on here. What do you mean, pastor? We got to discipline ourselves so that we can experience what God has for us. Come on. We got to choose to know God, to know his son, Jesus, more intimately and to better understand his word. Come on. When we come to know the Lord, we're called to live on a different level. When you come to know the Lord, it's a call to new life. God has made it available to us. God has saved us through Jesus. God has given us his spirit to indwell us. The spirit of God wants to lead you into an ever deepening knowledge of the Lord Jesus. I said the spirit of God wants to lead us into an ever deepening knowledge of the Lord Jesus. The spirit is present to enable us to understand the word of God as we read it. The spirit gifts us with abilities to edify the church and he gives us character to exemplify Christ while we're doing so. Come on, I said the spirit gifts us with abilities to edify the church and he gifts us with character or he gives us, I should say, character to exemplify Christ while doing so. We have what it takes. We have a wonderful savior who sits at the right hand of God and who makes intercession for us. Through Jesus Christ, we have been granted all we need to face this life and to live it in devotion to God. You have been granted everything you need that pertains to life and godliness. Yeah, life means just that life. That if you trust the Lord 
and grow in the things of God. I'm here to tell you God will give you a victorious life. I am come that they might have life and that more abundantly. Come on, you don't have to keep bringing up the rear. God wants to use you to effectively run this race. You don't have to let the devil bring you into a place of defeat. God has already given you a path to deliverance. I want you to know the Savior is on your side. You have what it takes. Even if people don't pray for you, I'm glad we have a Savior who's making intercession for us. Come on. Sometimes people say I'm praying for you and go right out and forget about you. But I know one who will never forget you. Come on, Jesus, the Son of God, sits at the right hand of God. Jesus has the ear of the Father, and he's making intercession for you. You have what it takes. There is no reason that the righteous shouldn't be winning. We have what it takes. We got the word of God. We got the spirit of God. We've got a great high priest. We got the gifts of God. Come on. We've got the ability to produce the character of God through the spirit. We have what it takes. Let us rise up from here and be all that the Lord called us to be. Know who you are in God and don't let the devil take that from you. Position yourself in faith and you know what? Be determined to live uh, knowing Jesus in a greater way, day by day. Lord, help the people who are listening to me tonight to yearn for a more thorough knowledge of who you are. Help me tonight to continue to yearn for a more thorough knowledge of who you are. May I continue, may your people continue to grow up in you. Thank God tonight for all of you listening in. I want you to know we've got to discipline ourselves to grow in our devotion to God. When we grow in our devotion to Christ, he will help us to conquer anything. May the Lord strengthen you tonight. May you leave the study knowing that God has already made it available. And you know what? The more you come to know what's been available to you, the more victorious you become in this life. See, it's in the devil's best interest that you don't know your inheritance in Christ. Because when you come to know your identity in Christ and your inheritance in him, the devil has seen a bad day. When you come to know all that Christ has made available to you, then the devil can no longer win in your life. And so today, I'm praising God. I'm praising him for this study because this is for those of you who say, I want more. You want more? Go after him. Pursue. Pursue the Lord Jesus Christ through your prayers, through your worship, through the study of his word, through the application of his word, through spending private time with him. Because I'm here to tell you, if you draw near to the Savior, he wants to draw near to you. Come on, God wants to know, uh, God wants us to know his son in a greater way. 
He wants us to thoroughly know who Jesus is. And when you thoroughly know who Jesus is, you'll start putting your foot down. When you thoroughly know who Jesus is, you'll tell the devil, not today. When you thoroughly know who Jesus is, you'll start standing up in authority. When you thoroughly know who Jesus is, you will advance the kingdom of God in the earth. May you leave this experience tonight saying, Lord, help me to know you in a greater way. May I have a thorough knowledge of your son Jesus and grow in a thorough knowledge of your scriptures. Come on. God wants you to know his son and his word in a thorough way. Hallelujah. And when you do it, you will limit what the enemy can accomplish in your life. God bless you tonight. May heaven smile upon you. Share this word so that people everywhere can hear the word of the Lord. I want saints to be blessed as we go forth to do what the Lord has called us to do. God bless all of you tonight. Thank you for joining us. And may the Lord bless your lives in a powerful way. You have what it takes.